You know, they only brought three charges against him to crucify him. One, they said, this man loves sinners. The second, he healed on the Sabbath day. And the third, he claimed to be the Son of God. Did ever a man die like Jesus? They first took long leather thongs with steel pellets or lead pellets on the end and beat him across the back until he could hardly stand up. Then they put a crown of thorns on his brow and his face was bleeding. And he dragged and lifted and hauled that cross. And then on the cross, he said, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then he dropped his head and said, it's finished. Yes, they laid him away in a tomb. And when they went out to the tomb that morning, they heard the greatest news the world has ever known. He is not here. He is risen. He's alive. He is not here. Death could not hold him. He has conquered the grave. That's the greatest news the world has ever heard. He's a living savior. He's alive. Let me go back to that verse that we just sang. And on the third, at break of dawn, the Son of Heaven rose again. Oh, trampled death, where is your sting? The angels roared for Christ our King. Amen. Amen. I want you, I want us to roar as loud as the angels. Would you do that with me? On the count of three, we're going to yell. We're going to roar. He is risen. You ready? One, two, three. He is risen. That's how you start Easter morning. Amen? The, wow. The, uh, I am just so glad you're here. So many faces that we've missed for a while. I'm glad those who are online with us. Those who are online on Facebook Live, you can yell, He is risen by all caps. Just put all caps and shoot it out there. But we're glad everybody's here. To our guests, my name is Brian. Welcome. If you are a family, hanging out with a family, you're our family today. And we're just glad everybody's here. If you're visiting us for the first time, you're family too. And we're all going to celebrate and worship together as one today. Amen? Amen? Wow. So, you know, I was, uh, one other thing, for those online, we're going to do communion in a while. So if you don't have our prepackaged things ready to go, I would encourage you to grab a hot dog bun and some juice. But we want you to join us too, as we all do communion together here a little bit later. So as I was sitting trying to figure out how do you write about Easter, it's always a challenge, you know, of the same story, the, the uh, one, and I thought, well, this is the angle we ought to come at today that, they, that God really put on my heart. But it kept bringing the same story to mind, the same thing that happens to me a lot, and I'm sure this happens to you, but let me kind of paint the picture. You're in, a, you're in a public place, and you're with your spouse or significant other, brother, sister, whatever, and somebody walks up to you and says, hey, Brian, and, and they start blah, 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 talking for like 10, 15 minutes. And they're like, okay, well, bye, and they leave. And you wait until they get out of hearing distance, and you look at the other one who's with you and say, who was that? <laughs> that happens to us a lot. 
And as a matter of fact, let me kind of give you the reverse. I have a lot, being a public figure for many years as a paramedic and as a basketball official, college and high school around here, I, was, I had a lot of people come up and say, I know you, I know you, I know you. And my poor wife has to put up with this every time we go out. And so finally she just said, well, yeah, he either picked you up in the ambulance or he refereed your kid in basketball, she would say. You know? And then all of a sudden they go, yeah, yeah, they start pointing at me. And I'm like going, oh, no, they're going to tell me either I was there when they had a heart attack or I cost their 10-year-old the world championship. That's the so two things we're going to share. But to have someone come up to you and talk like they know you and you don't recognize them, I'm sure it's happened with you. It's so unexpected. And that is the theme of our whole Holy Week series that we've been working with every day, our podcast all the way through last Palm Sunday. Here's the graphic we have, unexpected, unexpected. There's actually three words there that we, that we zoom in on. The first is unexpected. The whole Holy Week, from Palm Sunday all the way through Easter Sunday, everything that happened to those who knew or were drawn to Jesus, everything that happened was so unexpected but we also know there's the word there, expected, because from God's view and through Christ's view, everything that happened was expected. But what we walk away with is the middle box. What are we to expect every time we hear this Easter story and we dive deep into God's word? What are we to expect on how that changes us? So let me recap just a little bit what we've done this Holy Week, this, this unexpected series. We started on Palm Sunday where, where Pastor Eric shared about Jesus unexpectedly rode into Jerusalem to start the Holy Week off on a donkey. It was unexpected because they were expecting a Messiah King, what they didn't know is they were getting the King of all kings. On Monday in our podcast, we shared that Jesus unexpectedly walked into the temple and he started flipping tables and he drove people out and he guarded others from coming in. Unexpectedly, what we didn't see was he was flipping the script. He was making the temple, the ability to come to God available to all. On Tuesday, we had the podcast where we talked about Jesus sharing the parable of the wedding feast. He was describing the messianic feast when he comes back. He described it as a wedding. And God's gonna invite everybody to the wedding, but, but very few came. So then God spread the word all over, come to the wedding. And those people that did come at the last minute, but there was those who came late, wore the wrong clothes, they were shut out. Unexpected story. On Thursday, we shared that the most unexpected event that happened in the upper room where we see Jesus, God with us, Emmanuel, kneel down, God on earth and wash the feet of the 12. And on Friday, the most unexpected event that we reviewed was the Messiah, people that invested three years of life as he changed the world. We watched the Messiah die on a cross. But what was really unexpected in that story was a centurion who was ordering and orchestrating his crucifixion cry out, surely this was the Son of God. You can watch all those on our podcast, go catch up. It's an amazing story how this whole week was so unexpected. And ladies and gentlemen, it grew. The unexpected just got heavier and heavier all through the week, and then we get to Easter morning, and the unexpectedness continues. At sunrise... Some women go to put spices on the body of Jesus. They rise, they get there at sunrise, the tomb is open and the tomb is empty. We celebrate this as our sunrise service. The most beautiful service. Wasn't, isn't God giving us an amazing day today? Beautiful warm morning, the sun coming up, but we celebrated that moment. 
The women, not sure what's going on, ran back, talked to the other followers of Jesus, and they're like, they didn't believe him, so then they ran. There's a lot of running that goes on on Easter Sunday. And they look in the tomb and they find out the same thing. It's empty. And it just spread throughout the morning like wildfire throughout Jerusalem, this phrase, Jesus' body is missing. That was the prevalent thought on Easter morning. Jesus is gone. Rumors started to fly. The, the, there was lies spread that it was disciples that came and stole his body in the middle of the night and he overcame the guards. There was, there was all these rumors and, and things flying around about angelic beings. And, but everybody, there's only one thing that everybody understood that Easter morning was that Jesus is gone. His body is gone. And we don't know why. So this Easter, I, I don't want to share with you what was happening in the morning. The morning was chaos. The morning I would describe it as a four-alarm dumpster fire. But I want to share with you what happened in the afternoon into the evening. And I want to take you on that journey with me. So I want you to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. It's in the New Testament. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. We're going to be starting in verse uh, 13. We'll have it up here. I have the New Living Translation is the one that we're going to share. Let me set the, set the pace. This is an amazing story in the Easter story that sometimes gets skipped over. It's not that big, but it is so big that change starts the catalyst of change. There's two people. We know they are followers of Jesus, and they are on a road heading to a small town. They are walking away from Jerusalem. They're walking away from all the activity, and they are at a complete loss because Jesus is missing. So let's pick it up here in verse 13. That very day, two of them we're going to a village named Emmaus. It's about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. And while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And Jesus said to them, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still. Stop. And they looked very sad. And then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know these things that have happened there in these days. So let me, let me help sure we got this picture. We're walking on the road to Emmaus from Jerusalem. It's a seven mile trip. So for us to give us perspective, it's like to walk out the doors of our church and go to the Ogden Gate at Fort Riley. That's seven miles. For those of you who aren't familiar with that, yeah, let me give you this idea. You leave here at church, walk out of the parking lot, and walk to the little village of Keats. It's just a little over seven miles. If you get on Google Maps, it'll tell you how long that takes when you walk. Roughly three hours. Roughly three hours. During this walk, these two men 
It's important that we note that Jesus meets them. Jesus meets them unexpectedly, and they don't recognize him. Don't take offense at this. God always has a pattern of how he reveals. But they don't recognize him at first. Jesus asks, hey, in today's language, what are you talking about? He comes up behind him, listening to him. Hey, what are you guys talking about? And Cleopas answers. In, a, in the vernacular of today, what rock are you living under that you did not understand what's happened here in the last three days in Jerusalem? And Jesus notices, notices their faces. He notices that, it says your, 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 your uh, translation might say various things about how they looked. Ours says they were sad, but let me tell you how sad. They are heartbroken. They're confused. They don't understand what's going on. And they're without hope. So much are they heartbroken, confused, and without hope that they are moving away from the epicenter of the world awakening to a new dawn. And Jesus thinks, I've got three hours for a walk. And so he follows along. And he asks this question, so tell me, what happened over the last three days? So let's pick that back up. Starting in verse 19. And they said to Jesus, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and our rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes. And besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that Jesus was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him we did not see. That part's important. But him we did not see. So they recap. <clears throat> Jesus, here's the last three days. From, from our Messiah dying on the cross to the empty tomb at sunrise. All the crazy stories of this morning. All the rumors going around that Jesus is not there. Some are saying he's alive. We didn't trust what the women saw, so we went, and yep, the tomb's empty. But, you guys know it's my favorite word in the Bible, but, but him we did not see. Him we did not see. In essence, they're saying, how can it get any worse? Jesus is missing. This day is so unexpected. So that's the word unexpected. Let me use the word expected. Here's something for us all. Only three people expected Jesus would rise. Who are they? The Father, 
the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They fully expected what this morning was all about into the afternoon. But only three. Most everybody else didn't fully understand what was going on that morning. Not risen, not risen, he's missing. You can get a lot accomplished on a seven mile walk, right? So let's go back to the story. Picking up in verse 25. And he, Jesus, said to them, now guys, I don't think Jesus, Jesus always talks, like I said, in a school alarm voice, always getting on people. I believe his words are just grace-filled. And I believe this is full of love when he says, oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So along that dusty road to Emmaus, along that seven-mile walk, along three hours, Jesus begins to walk through the entire Old Testament, sharing with them. He's sharing all of God's promises that he will redeem Israel. He will bring all nations to him and he's gonna do that through his Messiah, his son. And he starts going through all the prophecies and all the words of the Old Testament and he shares this important point that that entire Old Testament actually points to the Messiah. So it doesn't have this, but I want to imagine as Jesus is going through the law of Moses and the prophets that he's sharing these scriptures. Isaiah 53, I imagine Jesus sharing these words out of the scripture. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter and like sheep, silent before his shearers, he did not open his mouth. I imagine Jesus shares Zechariah chapter 12 with them where the scripture reads, and I will pour out a spirit of grace and prayer on the house of David and the residents of Jerusalem and they will look at me whom they pierced. They will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and weep bitterly for him. I imagine Jesus shares Psalm 22, oh God, oh God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus shares the Old Testament scriptures with these two who had grown up listening to them their whole life and Jesus connects all the dots. Jesus wanted them to see that if they'd only believe what the scriptures say about him, they would understand why he came and why he had to die, why he had to suffer. His suffering and dying were not obstacles to Jesus being the Messiah, but they made Jesus more credible as the Messiah. And I imagine so much these two people that their hurting hearts melted like the Kansas frost when the sun comes up. 
Because by the time Jesus gets done, they get it. Now they understand why the Messiah had to go to the cross, why the Messiah had to pay a price. But ladies and gentlemen, he's still missing. So our story continues. Now we are getting to late afternoon and evening, and they arrive at the town of Emmaus, starting in verse 28. So they drew near to the village to which they were going, and Jesus acted as if he was going farther. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. Can you imagine how far spent everybody was after a day like this? And so Jesus went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him and then he vanished from their sight. These two were so intrigued by Jesus' knowledge of the scriptures that they, and how well he put it all together for them that they said, like, why don't you hang out with us tonight? They wanted to hang around him. And Jesus agreed. The important part is what happens next. Because the scripture takes us to a table. They sat down in the scripture to eat together. When they got to Emmaus, got to their home, they sat down to eat together, and it says Jesus took the bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. And at that very moment, their eyes were opened. Their hearts were opened. They now see the risen Jesus. Jesus is alive. Their hearts go open. Their eyes go open. He's not missing. He's risen. And just like that, he disappears. And I believe at that moment that their fellowship with Jesus did not depend on seeing him, but believing in him through his word. And now they believe. Their eyes were opened at the communion table. And the worship team would join me. Here's a note that I think is important for all of us. We still meet the risen Jesus at the table. Today we are celebrating on Easter the risen Jesus. We are going to meet him and celebrate with him right now as one family, one body of Christ at the table that we call communion. Ladies and gentlemen, I think this is the most intimate place we ever are as a body of Christ is at the table. I, if you look throughout scripture, the most intimate setting was when Jesus met them at the table. And for us, at the table, our eyes are opened and our hearts are opened. At this table, we believe 
what the scriptures say about Jesus. We understand and remember why he came and why he had to die and why he had to suffer and we remember that he is risen. We come here to know him. We come here to love him and love each other as one body. Most intimate place. So we're going to start communion and worship on the right side of your chair is a little cup and wafer it looks like this it sits right in this little hook right down your chair I'm going to ask while we go into worship that you peel back the clear layer that will reveal the wafer and then peel back the foil and that will reveal, reveal the juice if you are a guest with us if you're here with family you are a family we want you to join communion table Christ's table is open to all and I'm going to ask that if you're new, like I'm not sure I'm a follower of Christ, but today I'm being drawn to the table, I'm going to ask you to come to the table too. And I'm going to ask you to meet with us afterwards and let us help you understand what happens at the table. When we're done, you can just set the cup down, but let's wait and we'll take together in just a moment. Let's worship together at the table. was a wretch I remember who I was I was lost I was blind I was running out of time sin separated the breach was far too wide but from the far side of the castle you held me in your side so you made a way across the great divide, left behind heaven's throne to build it here inside. There at the cross, you paid the debt I owe, broke my chains, freed my soul for the first time I had hoped. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus, it has washed me white. Thank you, Jesus, you have saved my life. You brought me from the darkness into glorious light. took my place, laid inside my tomb of sin. You were buried for three days, but then you walked right out again. And now death has no sting, and life has no end. For I have been transformed by the blood of the
Just as Jesus would hold up and ask God's blessing on it, this is a posture for all of us. That at this moment, God blesses us at the table. This bread is symbolic of Jesus' body. In Scripture, it says, On the night Jesus was betrayed, he took some bread, he gave thanks to God for it. And they broke it into pieces and he gave it to all his closest friends, his family. So, this is my body which is given for you. It says, take this in remembrance of me. Continuing on in scripture, it says in the same way, well, do me a favor, hold up the cup of wine with me. Still asking God, for blessing us. It says, in the same way, Jesus took a cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant. It's the new agreement between God and his people. He says, it's an agreement that's confirmed with my blood, which is what this symbolizes, the blood of Christ. He says, do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink from it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death. We are announcing He's arisen. We're announcing we can't wait till He comes back. Take with me. And let us return to worship together. Have said. 
seated because we're not done with this story yet. So let's finish our Easter story together for the day is not over. Jesus has disappeared. The two dazed people are sitting there at the table and they move from unexpected to expect. So let's continue on starting in verse 32. They said to each other did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road while he opened to us the scriptures and they rose that same hour and they returned to Jerusalem I fully believe they ran seven miles and they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying the Lord has risen indeed and he's appeared to Simon and then they told what had happened to them on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. These two guys got up from the dinner table and they ran seven miles back to Jerusalem in the evening. They ran to the 11 apostles. And on the way they're running, they're saying, did not our hearts burn when he walked with us? Which means their hearts were really burning now. And that's what I love about this. Their hearts are on fire. And they can't wait to tell somebody about it. So they go back to the 11 apostles and all the other people that gathered around, they told them. And I want to leave you with a small homework assignment. Go home together at your Easter table today is read verse 35 on because Jesus isn't done. And this caps the day, but I want you to share it as family and friends. So start around your dinner table tonight. Start at verse 35. It's a beautiful cap to a beautiful day. So expect, what can we expect on this Easter Sunday? And I think here's the note. Jesus has risen and our hearts are on fire. That's what we should expect today, that when we hear his word and know the story that Jesus is risen and our hearts are on fire and we can't shut up about it. So go from here today really believing, really believing that Jesus is risen and because he rose, we can defeat death and we will rise one day too to be with him. I can't think of a greater joy than that. Can anybody else think of a greater joy today than this? Hearts on fire that can't shut up. Go and tell 11 others, or just one today. But go tell. Go tell. So there's one more lesson. This whole story has a lesson with three points that I want us to leave with today that just keeps our hearts on fire every day. Here's the story. Jesus, expect that Jesus still meets us on the road. Expect that Jesus still points us 
to God's word and he will open up and show us all the promises that God has not failed a single one yet and that we can believe and expect that Jesus will still reveal himself to us on this journey and when we know Jesus more and more it changes our heart to be more and more like him and when we're more and more like him we change others to be like him and know the good news can I hear one big amen amen, amen. amen. and let's go back well let's pray I want to pray over this. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for the word. Thank you for Luke pinning this amazing story in the afternoon of everything in this seismic shift. He's not missing. He's alive. Father, rise up your church to go out and declare he is risen around our tables that we read the rest of the story tonight. And that is our offering to you and that our hearts are on fire every day that we leave room for Jesus to meet us every day to continue to open up the word which changes our heart and that we will allow him to reveal himself and we will reveal him to others. God, rise up your church as a blessing to the community and the world. And in Christ's name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. 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 We are going to close in song today before we let you out of here, but um, something I wanted to share, and it goes with these points that, that Pastor Brian just shared with us, expecting that Jesus is going to meet you along life's road. Um, I saw something this weekend that said Saturday was the space between Jesus' death on Friday and his resurrection on Sunday, but they didn't know that yet. So if you think about that for a second, we just heard this story now of them finally coming to full realization. But if that's you, if you're living in the Saturday space, you know that you want your old life dead. You know that something needs to be died and buried. You know that you want to walk away from that, but you're in this space that you don't know yet who the risen king is. Expect. Believe. Open your eyes. Expect that he will meet you right where you're at and that he will continue to reveal himself to you. And if you want to come talk to one of us after service, if you want to reach out on your Connect card or through online that we could pray for you, that we could visit with you about that, please let us do that, all right? Let's stand. We're leaving here with our hearts on fire and the freedom he gave us, and we're going to sing about it. I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight It was mine too Till I met you I was breathing but not alive All my failures I try to hide It was mine too Jesus to love me you You called my name Then I ran out of that grave Out of the darkness into your glorious day you called my name then i ran out of that grave out of the darkness into your glorious day 